When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I felt like I had to travel to get away from my job. And now I have this idea of I'm traveling not to escape from life. I'm traveling because I want to experience it. And I don't feel confined by my desk job anymore. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Freelance Friday podcast. Today, I'm here with Melody Johnson, who is a financial coach and business branding strategist. She's the podcast host of Earn, Save, Thrive, and you can check out her blogs at herdesignedlife.com, as well as Her Designed Life on YouTube. So thank you so much for being here, Melody. I'm excited to chat with you about your business and some financial stuff. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So first off, can you just tell the folks out there who you are and how you got started with your business? Yeah. So like you said, I'm a financial coach and business branding strategist. And I got started about a year and a half ago, almost two years now. And I, what I really wanted to create in my business through Her Designed Life was a space for women to feel comfortable talking about money because I feel like right now it's often something that we as women shy away from. It's kind of taboo. And so I feel like as a a woman who loves to have side hustles and really go out there and earn more money, I've always felt like I wanted to talk to somebody about it. And so I wanted to actually just create a space that actually wasn't there for me growing up. And uh, so that's how I created Her Design Life. And so I help business owners review their personal strategies around their finances so that they can ditch debt and build wealth through their side hustles and then make it into a profitable business through their branding. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I love what you said about it kind of being a bit of a taboo. I mean, I do think that we're getting better about it. Mm definitely because of people like you who like put it all out there and talk about it and make it okay to talk about it. But I do sometimes feel like, especially as a woman, I don't know, like I'm made to feel weird about wanting to make money. Um, And I don't know, I, I grew up without a lot of money. So I kind of viewed it as like a bad thing almost like I had to really fix my um, relationship with money. So I think it's so important, especially for those of us who maybe didn't get, like you said, like didn't have this growing up or didn't have that advice growing up to kind of learn how to form a positive relationship with money. Right. Um, so what got you interested in personal finance in, in the first place? Yeah, I, I think, you know, just definitely like you were saying, Latasha, I also grew up and we didn't talk about money. It was either you have it or you don't have it. Hopefully you have it more than you don't have it. Um, <laughs> and so just like you, I had this relationship where, with money where there's a sense of shame Because it was almost like, well, you're greedy if you want money. And Mm -hmm. um, my parents were uh, just really loving and generous. And so they always kind of didn't bring it up because it was 
something that, again, was viewed as you shouldn't go want to go get all this money because you should just be really giving and generous. And so what I, I had to learn as an adult was it's not selfish to want to take care of yourself and to make ends meet. And it's also not selfish to have wants. So if you want to go travel to see another country, because I know you and I both love to travel, I, mm-hmm. I feel like that should be a priority in your finances. And so growing up, as I said, I didn't have a lot of money. And when I actually graduated from college, I had put everything on loans. And I had over $65,000 in student loan debt. And I graduated with a degree in theater arts. <laughs> I mean, it was 2011. I didn't have a lot of um, job opportunities. So I really struggled. And so you know, in my own personal journey, I found it where I wanted to actually make ends meet. And it just felt like every single paycheck, I wasn't making enough. And so I thought, okay, there's got to be a better way to do this. So I did a lot of research, started reading, and really educated myself. And in doing so, I became really good at it. I became good at budgeting. I became great at saving. And it took a lot of time and energy and thought and strategy. And finally, it was last year, we actually paid off, my spouse and I, over the $65,000 in student loan debt plus another $5,000 in our car loan. And now we're almost completely debt-free except for our house, which we're actually selling. So we could be debt-free within the next year. Oh my gosh. That is amazing goals. Um I, I think it's important what you said too about kind of what you learned from your parents about money and kind of growing up. I think it's important to know too that you can do both. Like that was something I had to really get over is I can be like giving and charitable and do all this stuff and want to build a good life for myself. And in fact, I think you kind of have to have that to be able to give. Like you can't mm-hmm. give, you know, pour from an empty cup. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. So I love that. I think it's so important. And like, I'm very into, um, you know, supporting businesses that do give back and things like that. And I want to build my business to be a business with heart, you know, and that cares about things more than just profit. But you got to focus, you got to get your your money in order first to, to be able to do that, right? Yeah, I agree. I think I love to, to help people too. And that's kind of why I started this business because I originally got into this business because I felt like there really wasn't as many resources that at least I was aware of that were helping women, especially single women who mm-hmm. maybe are, you know, you know, in a relationship, but they're trying to map out what do they want their life to look like. And so that's kind of how I came up with that name. I wanted women to feel like I can have the life I love by creating a plan. I can design it. I can do anything. Really, the sky's the limit. And so that's really what inspired me because I wanted that when I was growing up. And and now I'm like creating it for other women. So I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So what exactly does a financial coach do? And what could people expect out of working with you? Yeah, so right now I have a three-month coaching program. And so as a finance strategist, I first work on the mindsets that are holding people back from achieving wealth through creating a strategy behind paying off their debt. 
because I know a lot of the women I work with are so passionate about their side hustles that they really want to make it full time. But because of their personal financial situation, it's become an obstacle. So the first one and a half months, we work on creating a baseline where we're able to organize their debt, create a strategy behind paying it down, reducing and negotiating interest rates, organizing payment plans, and creating a, a way to manage their savings so that they're able to save up for fun things. Um, and so a lot of people think that budgeting is about limiting yourself. What it, and to me, actually, it's more about creating space for the value in things that you love. So if you want to go do some self-care things, budget and put some money aside for that. If you want to go travel, there's a way to set aside money to do that. If you want to go visit your family or give to charity, I love that. And that's something that you can prioritize in your savings to do. And so I've actually coached women in, in prioritizing their goals to align it with what they make. And then moving past that, since a lot of the women I work with have side businesses, we really work on rebranding and finding their niche, helping them to identify their, uh, their service, and then creating a strategy behind their brand. So whether it's to create uh, new Instagram cover story highlights, creating um, color schemes that will help them to post to their social media accounts. Um, I loved working with small business owners because I often feel like it can be really overwhelming when you're trying to figure it out all on your own. And so that's what my three-month coaching program is about. It's about balancing everything together and then working through the mindsets that are holding people back. I love that. That's so important. And, um, I love that you kind of integrate the branding side of things into it too, because that to me, that's kind of like the glue that ties everything together. It's like, it's great to have, um, your business processes put together and, you know, get your finances in order, but then you have to share what your business is all about and, and be able to market it. So I love that you have that and I know that your background, um, like your work background kind of helps you with that, right? Yeah. So um, I'm actually getting my master's in instructional design, which is basically the process and learning how adults learn. And so um, I actually have design experience mm -hmm. in terms of creating pamphlets and flyers and training materials. And so I learned a lot about typography and color theory and how color makes us feel. And I know you're very, you know, similar in that aspect. And um, coming from corporate, I feel like this is things that people don't really know when yeah. they're starting their small business. And so I've, I create branding guides specifically to create a clear touch point through all of their social media platforms. And so I, I love it. And then, you know, like you said about the business part, getting the whole process set up. That's one of the most stressful things. So like how to set up a bank account, what should you use for a payment processing system? How do you schedule people and get paid? How do you set up a contract? How do you create mm -hmm. an invoice? All those things. No one really ever talks about it. They just talk about, you know, how much money they made, which is great, but you know, how do you get there? And so that's why I'm like yeah. actually teaching people and showing them the steps and go, okay, not going to do everything for you, right? There's, you know, a commitment that you make, but then I'm going to teach you. And then because you have that knowledge, you're now empowered to help yourself and grow your business and your own wealth and also help others. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So a lot of my listeners are at the point where they've started freelancing and maybe, you know, maybe they have a side hustle or maybe they're full time with their freelancing, but they now really need to, like you said, grow your business or scale and figuring out where to invest or how to invest in your business starting out can be really scary and confusing. There's coaches and courses and more college degrees, a a team, like there's so many different things that you could choose from. So do you have any advice? Obviously it would vary, of course, like case by case, but do you have any general advice on like what to invest in first to grow your business or how to determine what you want to invest in? Yeah, I I do. And like you said, it's going to vary based off of the situation, but I find that understanding your finances in your business is crucial because it can make or break your business. One of the things I really advise people to do is first of all, separate your personal and business finances. Sometimes even high income earners aren't even separating their business finances. And so it's not something you should feel bad about. It's often something that happens when you first start, but separating it will give you the visibility to actually see what are the deductions that are coming out of your business? Like what is the cost of doing your business? So calculating that cost. If you're using some sort of social media platform for scheduling, if you're using some sort of software for your business to keep it running, that's a cost. And then how much are you charging for your services? And so obviously you would want the more more of a profit. So basically your sales minus your expenses would equal profit. But I know I actually talked about this in my profit first training. What what you should actually really do is prioritize paying yourself first and then seeing what you can do in terms of your expenses and potentially decrease those expenses. And then if you see that even by decreasing, you're still not going to be able to operate your business, then it's time to actually increase your rates and your pricing. So seeing Mm -hmm. that, you know, where your money is going is really going to help you. Um, I really love the book Profit First. It's a really fantastic book. I highly recommend it. And I can't say enough about it. I have a whole training on it and a whole workbook. So yeah. 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 I think that's so important to to take a, it's so scary to take a real hard look at your finances, but knowing where, where you're at is going to help you, help you build so much. And speaking of separating your money, I mean, this is something that I just, I like didn't know for a long time, you know, for the first year or two of my business, I was like, oh, I didn't know that I was supposed to have a separate account or that kind of thing. So like you said, I don't think there's anything that you need to be ashamed of. I think a lot of people just don't know. Um, But you did recently record a video about business bank accounts that I found super helpful, even after having, you know, a business bank account of my own. So Uh, why is it so important to have a business bank account? And when do you think people should actually go ahead and open one up? Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. So I think that it's important to open a business bank account as soon as you're generating any income from it. Uh, Or honestly, when you're making the first couple of steps in your business with your website, you might have a couple expenses on your personal account, but you know, as soon as you're making money, you really want to separate it because I I tell everybody this because I didn't do it right when I first started. I did do with my personal account. And then when I had to get ready for taxes, because I did file as a legal entity, as an LLC, 
I have to file and report all of my expenses and my income. And so I realized mm-hmm. I had to go through my bank account statements <laughs> line by line and go, oh my gosh, when did I buy that? When, where, which card did I use? Which account did I? And it was just mm-hmm. stressful, you know? And so that's what I want people to avoid. I'm saying it not because I'm, you know, you know, some sort of guru or whatever, but I'm saying it because I did it the wrong way and I want people to learn from my mistakes. And now I have an accounting system that helps me process it. And I'm actually in the process of hiring an accountant or bookkeeper to help me keep my record of my income. And so that way I'm estimating correctly for a tax time. Yeah, I um, I did the same thing. <laughs> like, and oh my gosh. I mean, taxes are a nightmare as it is. Like even when you have your stuff separated. Yeah. So having it having to go through, you know, in between your Chipotle purchases and like your random everyday purchases and pick out the business expenses is a nightmare. Um, So yeah. And luckily, like in my first year or two, I wasn't making a ton. So Mm -hmm. it was pretty easy. And I didn't have a ton of expenses, but I mean, it was still a nightmare. Anything that has to do with money or taxes or anything like that, you want to be really careful about. I do. Like, so I... I definitely had lots of all nighters yeah. <laughs> making sure that I was getting it right, sorting through my personal accounts. So yeah. don't be like me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. um, do you have an opinion on business credit cards? Because I know a lot of times when people go in to set up a business bank account, they'll be offered business credit cards. Do you think that in general they're like, good things to have or not so much worth the risk? Yeah, I think that's a good point. A good question. I think, um, For business credit cards, I feel like it depends on how you feel about taking additional risk. I recommend that everyone have an emergency fund at least of $1,000 if you're working full-time on your side hustle. If you're working full-time as a freelancer or as an entrepreneur, I recommend having more than that. If you can have three to six months saved just to prevent you from having additional risk, Having a business credit card is not a bad idea. It's just about how much risk can you tolerate. If something were to happen and your income suddenly fluctuated, would you be at risk and not mean being able to pay on your regular monthly expenses? So I don't think if it's a bad thing. It just it depends on your savings and the more that you have, mm-hmm. the less risk that you have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Speaking of kind of having an emergency fund and full-time freelancing, I know that you've recently taken a big step with your business and went full-time with it. So first of all, congratulations again. Thank you. And second, what advice do you have for people looking to do the same thing? Yeah, like I said, you know, saving up for making that kind of transition is really important. Um, And then, you know, if you're in a relationship with somebody and you have a significant other really talking about that because it's a really big game changer in your relationship. (laughs) And luckily I have a really supportive spouse and we've talked about it and we're at a place in our financial situation where losing my income wasn't going to drastically impact our lives. You know, we're pretty much uh, fine the way we are. Obviously we, we won't be, I don't know, going over to Iceland anytime soon, but that's okay because I I felt like I had to travel to get away from my job. And now I have this idea of I'm traveling not to escape from life. I'm traveling because I want to experience it. 
and I don't feel confined by my desk job anymore. And I think for most people, they often feel like I have to just quit everything now. I don't think that's the case. I think if you have an exit plan and a strategy around it, like many people do, saving up is such a big priority and really getting to a place financially where you're not using your credit cards for your daily expenses is gonna make you feel so much less stressed. I can't stress that enough. Feel You'll feel a lot better when you have that savings. Yes, for sure. And I always say, then you're not gonna be taking projects out of desperation too, which is like the worst, you know, when you, quit your job, you're excited about quitting your job, but then you're in this place where your business is really running you because you have to take like every project that comes your way, you know, every low offer that you get because you don't have anything saved to back you up. And so you're really acting out of desperation. So you don't, you don't want to leave your full-time job to be in a business that you hate too and start to resent your business. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And having that good foundation where you feel really confident about your decision, where you feel like I have the basics down in my business, I know how to process clients, I feel confident in the types of services that I provide, you'll never be perfect when you quit your job. It's Mm -hmm. never going to be like 100% perfect, but as long as you have a groundwork and and a foundation that you've built, and you had that strategy that you you did to get out of your job, I feel like you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you talked a little bit about traveling and just kind of like living your the lifestyle that you love to live. So I know that one of the ways that you're able to travel so much and, you know, um, just build this lifestyle for yourself is living frugally or in saving money. So do you have any quick tips that you can share with us for, you know, just everyday kind of things that you can do to save more money to be able to do those amazing things? Yeah, um, definitely. So I always prioritize paying myself first, not just in my personal life, but also in my business. And so what I do every time I get paid, I make sure, well, now that I have my business, I pay myself, but And when I was working my nine to five job, I would take my paycheck, pay myself into my savings account. And then I had a specific account prioritized for travel and other goals. And so that's how I was able to calculate, you know, how much does this cost to go to Iceland or go to Greece or go to France and England. And then what I was able to do is basically save up that much so that when we had the ability to pick up a ticket, we were able to just use that money. Um, And then since I I really don't have that much debt and my credit card, uh, I do have like a travel credit card. I use Chase Preferred and I love it. It's a really good card. It's great if you feel really comfortable with using credit cards and you're pretty responsible with uh, your other kinds of uh, cards that you use. Um, So I was able to get 65,000 points within three months with their bonus. And I really didn't spend more than I normally would. It was just my everyday kind of expenses and I qualified. And now we have like, it's kind of equivalent to $800 worth Mm. of money to spend on a trip. So we can use it for hotels. We can use it for booking a flight through the portal with their partners. So I'm really excited because I think I'm going to go to Costa Rica or Panama City next. 
That's yeah. exciting. Yeah, very exciting. I We haven't booked the trip yet, but my husband and I are just waiting until he can confirm when he can take the time off so we can go together. That's so cool. Um, and I know, I believe that you also have a resource on your website that talks about student loan payoff. Yeah, yeah, I do. So... Yeah, so I know that that is a huge topic of conversation right now. Um, many of us, myself included, have at least a little bit of student debt. So beyond just saving money, is there any like student loan specific advice that you can give us? Yeah, I, I definitely think that the first thing that you should do is really take a step back because it's so easy to feel like your student loans are the bane of your existence, because that's how I felt, <laughs> mm-hmm. and just try to forget about it. But what you want to do is actually sit down. I really believe in positivity and you know helping yourself feel comfortable with money. So that's why I heard somebody say this before. They drink a glass of wine and take out the chocolate anytime they have to do something with money. <laughs> and so I was like, hey, that's not a bad idea. Um, I don't drink very much, but I love the idea of chocolate. (laughs) And sometimes I'll go to the coffee shop and do some budgeting and grab myself a cup of coffee, something special where I feel like this isn't so terrible. I have this nice cup and we're going to get through this. And it's really not that bad. So yeah, sit down, organize all your finances from your either your highest interest rate or your lowest balance write it all down. I do have a resource around this. In my free Money Masters Challenge, I have a whole five-day email course where people can use the templates that I use to help me pay off my debt. And so what I would say is after you write it all down, really determine which strategy you want to do to pay it off. Like, can you organize it by paying off the lower balance? Um, Sometimes if you can't make the minimum balance, there's a lot of different payment plans that you can do some of them are graduated income repayments meaning that they fluctuate based off of the terms of the loan sometimes they're um, income-based repayment plans and even still if you're feeling like okay it's still not enough i'm still not able to make a payment on them i would say look at your other options because there is refinancing sofi is a great option if you have decent credit you can refinance at a much lower rate. So when I had my student loans, I had an interest rate of, one of them was a private and it was like 11% interest rate was crazy. Uh, and so I, it was like the largest loan I had, I think it was like 14 grand. Mm. And so um, we prioritized paying that one down first because it was the highest one. Mm-hmm. But if you're not able to make a payment like that, refinance that, SoFi is great. They're not gonna add any additional costs to the refinance which is great. And so what that's going to do, it's going to save you money. Um, and then if you're over $100,000 in your student loans, there's actually, I have a referral partner, there's actually a way to decrease drastically your monthly payments on your student loans so that they'll be forgiven through this special program that he has. Mm. And it, it's very, um, strategy driven. So I wouldn't recommend someone just trying to do it themselves to do that strategy through the loan forgiveness program through the government. Mm -hmm. But I do recommend that if you do have over a hundred thousand in student loan debt, that you look into it and please feel free to reach out to me. I will refer you over to, um, 
the student loan angel. He's he's great. I I'm actually going to have him on later on this week. Awesome. Is that really what his business is called? Is a student loan angel? <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> loan angel because he actually did this similarly he had over a hundred thousand in student loan debt and he did this loan forgiveness program and there's a way that you can do it where i didn't even believe him when he first told me i'm like oh is this real like are you making this off you know i was like "Hmm." i'm a little suspicious right (laughs) but no he he's really legitimate and i i've actually looked at his slides intensively and the types of structure that he does, um, it's it's very helpful. So it is an option. There are options out there. You just have to find the people who are knowledgeable and skilled enough in them to be able to reach either paying them off completely like I did or doing a separate way, which is through the loan forgiveness program. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's so good to know. And I'll definitely leave your info of course in the show notes so if anyone's interested in getting a referral over there definitely make sure to contact melody about that so besides him and your (laughs) your tool you have so many good resources on your website and your youtube channel and your newly launched podcast um but are there any other like resources or apps that you really love uh and maybe that people can get started with using today just to kind of get started on their own financial journeys? Yeah, I love apps. (laughs) So um, I'm a really big fan of mint.com. Mint is really great because it's completely free. It links up with your personal bank account where you can see and track your spending and budgeting. So that's great. And uh, I also really like Capital with a Q. Capital is another free app that allows you to deduct money from every single expense to put to a online account. And what you can do is you can round up by a percentage for every purchase. So if you say, you know, 10% of every purchase I want saved, um, they'll just round up to that percentage um, to that account. And then what's great about it is it's not a separate account. Like they're not gonna give you a debit card unless you ask for it. You can actually transfer that money back into your account for your personal checking at any time. So I liked to do that sometimes if I was, let's say, you know, I wanted to treat myself, I'm not actually taking anything money outside of what I would normally spend. I would just spend like normal, make sure I have a savings prioritized. And then I would say, okay, oh, you look, I have to go buy somebody a present for their birthday. So I'd use that capital account to transfer money into my account and it didn't cost me anything extra. It was money I had already saved. That's awesome. I use, um, I think I use something similar. It's called Acorns. I think it does mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's so nice because you don't realize, like you don't think about it, you know, yeah. it, it's just out of sight, out of mind. And then you check your app and you're like, oh, I have some money in here. That's pretty cool. So love it. Yeah. That's awesome. So last question that I have for you, your business is called Her Design Life. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to know a little bit more about the life that you're designing for yourself. So yes. can you tell us about some of the goals that you have for yourself right now? So I love that you asked this question because I actually try to be really reflective about what I want my life to look like. And so 
what I'd like my life to look like within the next five years um, would be I'm working full time in my business and I'm just doing consulting work with, uh, with that. And then uh, as you know, Latasha, since you and I have known each other for a while, I am actually in the process of adopting a child from the Philippines. And so I just, I just want to be there for my child growing up. And I just don't want to have to worry about going to a desk job every day. Mm-hmm. And not to say that's a bad thing. You know, if you're doing well in your job, that's great. But for me, I personally feel like I want to prioritize my family and I want to be location independent. So um, ideally within the next two to three years, I absolutely would love to live full time in an RV (laughs) (laughs) because I just, I want to not have to worry about a mortgage. Um, I just, I can imagine myself living in a tiny house. Um, Yes. Yes. I love, there's a show um, on HGTV. I don't know if they still make it or not, but there's like a tiny house show on HGTV. It's like house hunters, but for tiny houses. I love those. I love it. I'm like obsessed with it. Yeah. I think I told you, but basically we thought about doing the tiny house thing legitimately. And (laughs) we were looking at RVs and then everyone was talking to us and and based off of where we live, since we live in, you know, up North in Traverse city, it's just so cold and Mm. the winters are really brutal. And uh, I was talking to my adoption agency director and basically she was like you need to find a two-bedroom apartment and that's what is going to look good on your application and so I was like no (laughs) we have to go back to a house because I just I'm kind of I'm all in or I'm all out so I was sad that it didn't happen but yeah it's definitely a goal and I think it's doable um so yeah I would say that is kind of where I could see my life going and that's what I'm working towards so that's awesome I love it So cool. And where can people find you if they'd like to learn more about you or work with you or grab some of those um, resources that we mentioned? Yeah. So I would love it if people can find me for free on Instagram. I'm at her designed life coach and they can feel free to head on over to my website to listen in to my podcasts and watch and listen to my blogs at herdesignedlife.org. And those are the two places I would recommend them to head over because I do try to embed my videos in those places. Awesome. And I'm going to meant, or I'm going to link, of course, those things down in the show notes, but also link some of the resources that we talked about too. So they're easy access for people. So thank you so much, Melody. This was really, really informative for me. And I think, like you said, this is just something that people don't talk about enough. So I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. And yeah, thanks for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm Latasha James, and that's it for this episode of the Freelance Friday podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to review it on iTunes or share it with a friend. This podcast is all about community, so you can also go ahead and head over to the Facebook group. It's called the Freelance Friday Podcast Community, or follow me on social. My handle is the Latasha James across all platforms. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode, and like I said, feel free to share it with a friend, tag a friend, screenshot the episode, and tag a friend. It really helps us grow this community, and my goal is to help as many people through this collective community become better freelancers and more empowered freelancers. 
So that's it for the episode. I'll talk to you in the next one. It airs every single Friday. I'll talk to you again then.